As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. And this is Book, Book of Lies. Lies, the podcast. It's Bolt Bitches. And hello, guys. We've got a new format. So, Brandy, we are going to talk about some fraud news to start the podcast off today. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What do you got? Zach Avery, wire fraud uh, of $690 million. <laughs> From investors claiming that he had funding and had uh, contracts with Netflix and HBO to make these projects. And, of course, he ended up using the money to freaking buy a house and, you know. Other bullshit. Fund his his lavish lifestyle. And he, like, what did you say? He'd only been in one movie? Mm -hmm. He only was, like, really credited in one like major movie all his other shit has been like straight to video or uh, vod yeah. or you know yeah independent he's, shit he's a trash bag it says he had no business relationships and no distribution agreements with the streaming services that he said um that he was working with which were netflix and hbo the sec complaint states uh he allegedly misappropriated the funds including buying a fucking house that costs $5.7 million. Who needs a $5.7 million house? Fancy pants do. That's so stupid. He was taking trips to Vegas, uh, flying on chartered jets, because, you know, he had to get on the PJ, the private jet. <laughs> the, PJ. the PJ. So his ass is fucking... Um, this is all alleged, by the way, because he hasn't been convicted of anything yet. But he has, charges have been filed, and his ass is probably going to go to prison. His ass is grass. Um, let's keep watching what's going on. Um, but he's definitely gonna do some jail time or hopefully have to pay money back and you know. Yeah, like he's that. um bail was set at a million dollars. Okay. Oh shit. And they won't release him until the bond is approved. So I guess the judge has to say yes, he can bail out or no or whatever, I don't know. And then um he's gonna be arraigned on May thirteenth. Okay. So good luck, Zacky boy. Good luck, Zacky boy. Well, um, in other news, I have been really intrigued by this GameStop 
fiasco. Oh, yeah. Um, like, you know, their stock has gone up and down. If you guys aren't following this, it's very interesting. But last year, December, their stock was worth $18 a share. Yeah. And then on the height of it, I think April, no, this is April. Um, maybe last month or in February, the stock was worth like $400. So what's going on now is all of the executives, they're all bailing out. They're all have vested stock and they are all leaving their positions and they're all going to leave fucking millionaires. And these fools haven't even been working for the company that long. So it's, I told you that like when, once it started, once it started going up the freaking, um, uh, Pied Piper, the, the people that were offering the stock, they just, they were, they stopped the, um, people from being able to buy it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. They are investigating, like the SEC is investigating, um, how the GameStop situation happened. Mm-hmm. And if you guys have seen the documentary on Hulu, yep. You can kind of follow the story. I just think it's really interesting to see this play out. And I want to see if anybody's going to jail. <laughs> um, or or what the deal's going to be. But um, there's, like, the CEO, like, the, the director of customer service, um, like, a merchandising person. They are all taking their vested um, stock. They own, like, over 200 shares, over 200,000 shares. And they are all going to be retiring millionaires. So, um, lucky them, fuck faces. Lucky fuck faces. But can I get in on the ground floor of a company <laughs> and be a CEO and get some stock and then just bounce once the stock fucking starts, you know, hitting the three digits? Because <laughs> that's what's happening. It is. I don't know. It's it's fraudulent, but we'll, we'll also see what happens. And then there was one more thing I wanted to. Um, it's some fraud shit. Some fraud shit. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. So it is called the Serious Fraud Office, the one in the UK. Mm-hmm. And they're investigating a fraud. Um, they're investigating suspected fraud in relation to activities of the Radex Consortium. And apparently this includes uh, companies Buy to Let Cars, Paygo Cars, Radex Trading as Wheels for Sure, and Rent to Own Cars. So um, they're saying, yeah, I don't know what it is, but investors and leases, um, 
can kind of check in on May 10th, 2021 to follow the case. So they are doing an investigation because there's something going on. It didn't really specify because it's an ongoing case. But if any of these things sound familiar to you and you feel like you've been cheated or frauded or whatever, go to the serious fraud office and um, look into this because there's a, a, a ongoing case going on right now. And we're here to bring the news, guys. We're here to bring the news. Besides that, Brandy, what are we going to talk about today? Oh, gosh. Today we're talking about some more fucking business fraud. Oh, Daniel Kaluuya just won the Oscar. Yes! Amazing. For um, Judas and the Black Messiah. Yes. We breaking the news, y'all. Go ahead, Daniel. This is for you, boo-boo. <laughs> well, considering that this is Tuesday and that happened on Sunday. <laughs> Whatever. We're not live. <laughs> okay, you're right. We aren't live. All right, so today we're talking about Wirecard and Jan Marsalek. Marsalek. This basically happened last year, and it's ongoing. So this guy, well, first of all, we're going to talk about Wirecard. Wirecard was a German payment processor and a financial service provider. It was founded in 1999 when the dot-com bubble was at its height, and by 2002, it was about to fold. So this guy called Marcus Braun steps in and he becomes the CEO and he puts a lot of money into the company. They start to focus on electronic payments and the bulk of their customers were online gambling and porn websites. Yay, porn! They're, you know, they're functioning, they're doing good. They start expanding rapidly. Before they expand into foreign markets, however, they want to go public. So they do this. In a fucking sneaky way. I mean, it's not sneaky, but it is sneaky. It's allowed. You're allowed to do it this way, but it's fucking sneaky. What they did was they acquired the listing of a business that was defunct called Infogenie AG. It had been listed on the German stock market, Neuermarkt, since the year 2000. In 2002, they buy, basically they, they acquired this listing, and so now they're listing themselves as them. As yeah, using their their you know their numbers or their call letters or whatever the hell you call those this you know, on Neuermarkt. So now they don't have to follow the the same protocols. You know they don't have to do valuations and they don't have to. They're not as deeply looked into and scrutinized the way a brand new, you know, IPO would be. Mm-hmm. So they're already doing sneaky shit from the get go. Well, duh, because the way they got in was sneaky, like you said, they can do it, but it's like. How companies buy like shelved companies or old established companies mm-hmm. and, you know, use their um, their establishment or their name or their history or something. And, right. Well, know. we've been in business for 32 years and you're a new fucking company. But now you're, you're working under the name of this company so you can say, oh, well, such and such, you know, company ABC has been in business for 32 years. Meanwhile, your brand new fucking company. Has only been in business for six months, but you acquired this old, you know, old, right. old name or whatever. So they go public. They're doing well on paper. Actually, not even on paper. They're doing well. They're presenting the facade of doing well. They've got investors. They're, you know, every year they're putting out their, or every however, whatever, um, quarterly, and they're putting out their, their profit loss statements. And, you know, they're doing all that shit. And um, they start to expand. So they expand into the Asian market with Wirecard Asia Pacific in 2007. In 2008, they um, start doing virtual prepaid cards for online payments. Okay. 
And then the next year, they do they um, start a fraud prevention um, department for fraud detection. And in 2014, they expand into New Zealand, Australia, South Africa, and Turkey. Then they buy a company called Prepaid Card Services from Citigroup in 2016, which is a stat, which establishes them here in the United States. Mm-hmm. And then that same year, they also bought a company in South America called South Internet South American Internet Payment Service, South American Internet, which is a payment service provider in Brazil. So they're everywhere. They're on every continent now. So this little German company that just came out of fucking nowhere is now all over the all over the globe. That's insane. That's that's very fast movement. Yeah, in 2010 a guy called um Jan Marsalek comes on board as the COO. They hire him because he has experience working in um WAPs um WAP 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 they're called, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um he has experience with that, so like they're like, oh yeah, you know, we need you because he had already, you know, started companies before. But this guy is weird. So he's got somehow he's got ties to the Russian intelligence fucking community. Mm. They have a like a separate in, their intelligence thing is is like a separate thing. It's called the uh, it's three letters, but like he's doing KGB. No, not no, <laughs> no, 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 no. Um. Not the KGB. Um, but it doesn't matter. He's doing things like going to fucking Libya, where it's a fucking war-torn country where they're still, they're fighting right now. Like, he goes to Libya. He's going to freaking Afghanistan. He's going to all these places that only, like, the military and intelligence are supposed to be able to go. Okay. And he's, like, feeding them. He's also, a, like, kind of like a spy. He's feeding them information because he's from Austria. So he was born in Austria on May, uh, March 15th, 1980. Where is his name at? Yeah, March 15th, 1980. He was born in Austria. He, um, you know, went to schools in Austria, but he never, like, got a degree. When he was 19, he founded an e-commerce software company. And, oh, he, he started working for Wirecard in 2000. Yeah, they hired him for, yeah, Wire Application Protocols. That's what it is. Why WAP systems. And then on February 1st, 2010, he becomes the this chief operating officer. Okay. But he's weird. Like he's so <laughs> weird. The Russian intelligence community is like funding him some, in some way. It's really weird. So, um Maybe he's a secret agent. Yeah, he was feeding he was feeding Russia mm-hmm. information about Austria. There's 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 this group called the um Russian Austria or Aust- Austria Russian Friendship Alliance. And it's basically, it's like a um, an organization that is meant to have, you know, keep good tides with, with with within those two countries. But then there is the Russian government, which is super, super um, right-wing over there, that he's also, like, close to. So, like, they're like, you know, we don't trust this guy, kind of. And, like, then he's fucking feeding them information about Austria. He managed to get some fucking confidential documents and gave them to the Russian government. So he's he was doing some shit. Yeah. Meanwhile, he's the COO of this financial company. In 2000, in January 2000, shit starts to go bad. Oh, goody. Wirecard is suspected of to um, have engaged in a series of fraudulent accounting activities to inflate its profit. Financial Times is this international, you know, financial blog that talks about you know, public companies, and they talk about, like, banks and, you know, all, all things financial. They are blasting Wirecard. They're like, you guys are, you know, you're 
your um, statements are all fucking wrong. You guys are padding your fucking numbers. Ooh. You guys are fucking liars. You're doing bad business practices. And Wirecard's like, no, 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 that's all fake news. Great. <laughs> Jeez, <laughs> yeah, so Financial Times is like, fuck these guys. They're doing some dirt. Good. They're doing some dirt. But again, you know, it's a it, they're a financial blog. It's not they don't hold any sway like with actual authorities. Yeah. Kind of like us. <laughs> <laughs> right. Oh, good. All so right. <laughs> shit starts to happen. So the stuff that they were doing, accounting irregularities, opaque acquisitions and corporate structure, Artificial inflation of profits, third-party acquirers, aggressive attacks on critics like the Financial Times, mm-hmm. auditing and regulatory failure, um, and side analysts, sell-side analysts. They are um, they're audited by Ernst and Young. Okay, that's their auditor. Okay. That's who you know. Every year, Ernst and Young comes in and does a fucking you know a. Uh, uh, the valuation of the company and make sure that all the numbers are adding up and making sure that there's fucking, you know, you're saying you're making a profit. Let's see the fucking proof, right? Mm-hmm. Well, in January, Ernst & Young is like, um, somebody's trying to fucking trick us. <laughs> there's some trickery of like, <laughs> Yeah, they're like, so somebody's trying to deceive us and there's money missing. Where's the money? $1.9 billion is missing. From the money card people or? from Yeah, wire card from okay. their from their statement. Ooh. From their fucking um, one point nine billion. Oh, this is all padded dollars. I'm sure, but go ahead. Continue. Yeah, one point nine billion dollars is is missing. Mm-hmm. It never existed. Exactly, it's fake money. They're like, oh, um, the money is in a bank account. It's in bank accounts in the Philippines at these banks, and the Philippines is like, no, we don't have that money. We never had that money. <laughs> that you money, think we have billions of dollars. That money never about- came to us, <laughs> and so. Everybody gets fucking fired. <laughs> They're like, okay, everybody's fucking out. The CEO, um, Marcus Braun, he fucking resigns that day. The next day, everybody fucking is fired. Wirecard's combined banking through its subsidiary, Wirecard Bank, and non-banking operations, mainly payment processing, makes its financial results harder to compare with peers, so the investors had to rely on adjusted versions of the financial statements of the company. Okay. The adjusted, quote-unquote, adjusted accounts, unlike the reporting adhering to international financial financial reporting standards, resulted in inflated earnings and cash flow figures. So they were inflating their earnings mm-hmm. regardless. They, I mean, they started doing that from day one. Red flags had been raised as early as 2008 when the head of a German shareholder association attacked Wirecard's balance sheet irregularities. After EY... Is, oh, Ernst, Ernst and Young. And Young. Duh. Brandy, <laughs> what are you doing, Brandy? Um, after Ernst and Young conducted a special audit in response to the criticisms, it took over as the main auditor for Wirecard. So they've been the main auditor for Wirecard since 2008 um, and would remain so for the rest of the company's history. As a response, German authorities prosecuted two people due to insufficient disclosure of holding Wirecard stock. In 2015, the Financial Times reported that it saw a significant gap between the short-term assets and liabilities in Wirecard's payment business. This is a result of Wirecard's taking only a small commission from its payment processing volume and 
The transient payment flow through Wirecard's accounts were adjusted to reflect Wirecard's small cut. As a response, Wirecard retained services of Shillings, a UK law firm, and FTI Consulting, a public relations agency in London. Later in 2015, J Capital Research published a report recommending shorting Wirecard's stock as it sees the company's Asian, Asian operations to be much smaller than claimed. In 2016, a critical report published by a previous unknown entity called Zatara led to um, share price crashes, prompting Boffin to launch an investigation on market manipulation. Boffin? Boffin, B-A-F-I-N, is, um, it's like the SEC, but it's in Germany. Germany. German FCC. SEC yeah. is uh, Boffin. Yeah, it's B-A, capital B-A, and then capital... FIN is like something financial or something like okay. that. But it's, um, it's badass it's, The words are German. Services. And so, you know. <laughs> Sorry, I don't speak German. But you know who does? Our friend Jessica over there at Damsel's Podcast. Give her some love and check her out. Hi, Jessica. Hey, girl. Hey. Okay. That was their accounting regularities. Regular irregularities. Their opaque acquisitions and corporate structure. Critics point to Wirecard's global acquisitions to mask trouble with organic growth by adding revenues from external sources. Because the way that they were spreading into, um, you know, these other countries, were that they were just buying that companies that already existed. Oh, they were buying financial companies. They acquired a company from Citigroup for the USA. They acquired um, small businesses over in Asia. They acquired a company in Brazil. Um, so they were just buying other financial companies that already existed and then just using um, their name and their credibility and whatever sway they had. Well, they were still, they were still going by Wirecard, but yeah, they were, um, like they would buy them. So they would acquire their customers basically spread worldwide, but they still weren't making the money that they were saying they were making. Early criticisms were directed toward Wirecard's purchase of smaller businesses at significantly above market value. In 2015, Wirecard purchased an Indian payments group for 350, um, 340 million euros, despite the founder of those businesses failing to raise funding while valuing their key asset at 46 million. So you're going to pay fucking 340 million dollars or euros for a company that only costs 46 million? Nope. That's insane. That's not good business practices. It's, 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 that's not good fucking investment. Oh, yeah, that's a bad that's deal. That's fucking, what, what is that? That's like four times, not four times, that's, yeah, like, yeah, like six times the amount. No, it's 46. There's, there's something wrong with that price. <laughs> there's something wrong. So, what the fuckery. I like that. What the fuckery. I think that should be a sticker I should get for us. Okay. What do you guys think? What the fuckery? You guys want some stickers? Wirecard responded to those reports by claiming that its payment technologies are superior and arguing that current rapid growth of the cashless fintech industry justifies such valuations. A series of deals involving Wirecard's buy-and-build strategy, which intends to buy customers for the company's payment services, has been criticized as structured in an unusual manner, resulting in difficulty in verifying 670 million euros of tangible assets. Mm. In 2018, Southern Investigative Reporting Foundation now called the Foundation for Financial Journalism, concluded that after a seven-month investigation that, according to documents filed, at least 170 million euros from Wirecard's 340 million euros purchase of an India-based payment processor 
in October 2015 were not transferable to the seller. So they didn't have that money to give that guy. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck that. (laughs) I used to work, okay, in in the early 2000s, I used to work for a a credit card processor, processing company. My boss, who is now deceased... He um he died in fucking on Mexico. his honeymoon or something. He had um started another company that um I think that company still exists. It's called Card Services. He 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 started that company, and then he sold it for millions of dollars, and then started another one. That's what they do though. People are into like buying businesses and creating mm-hmm. something and slanging it off, you know. Yeah, and so he bought it, and then I mean he sold it, and then bought you know started another one with the same you know friend group that he had started that other one with. He made his money. He lived in Westlake Village. And he did it the right way, apparently. But we weren't also a public company, so there was that. Third-party acquirers are local companies who process transactions on behalf of Wirecard for clients. So they would basically buy, you know, I'm going to use my credit card over here. That company over there is going to buy this transaction from whatever the processor is over here so that they can try, try to make money on it, right? I'm so confused. <laughs> I mean, like, I know, like, with credit card processors, they charge per transaction, and that's how they make their money. Mm-hmm. That's why they discourage you from using your credit card sometimes. Like, it needs to be a minimum of this right. to, to use your card because of fees. Well, and so what it is is that companies, the the uh, the merchants, they're called merchants, mm-hmm. the merchants have to pay a fee per transaction. Right. In order for them to cover that fee, they want your transaction to be a certain limit. Mm-hmm. And if it's not, they get dinged and they're like, we're not making money off this transaction because now I have to pay this money to my processor. Right. Um, Square, what is the transaction fee like? A dollar? I don't use Square. I did have a merchant uh, account with my bank Mm -hmm. and I just paid them a monthly amount, like $10 a month. And um, did you have a maximum transaction um, I think I had like a thresh, so if I, you know, went above a certain amount, then they would take a percentage. Right. But no matter what, even I used it or didn't use it, they were still charging me ten dollars a month. Right. So I canceled that shit because I don't even, I ain't doing it like that. I process it through my my store mm-hmm. credit cards, and they do rate me on the the charges. So they take a percentage. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think there might be a fee because I do use Stripe. Yeah, I have a Square account mm-hmm. with Square. And I, I've never like, you know, had a transaction on it. So I, but I think the fee is like a dollar, you yeah. know, for per transaction. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, they got to make their money. These, you know, so this is what they were doing. They were, you know, the, uh, on behalf of Wirecard for Wirecard's clients. So Wirecard's not even processing the transactions. Another company is processing these transactions for Wirecard. Great. And then Wirecard would pay a commission from those processing fees. According to Wirecard, they're used in transactions where Wirecard does not hold the necessary license. Don't know what the fuck kind of license you need to process a transaction unless it's like a million dollar transaction that I'm charging on a fucking card? I don't think so. First of all, nobody has a million dollars on their credit card unless it's a black card, and I don't know anyone that has one of those. So, Well, you don't, but Jay-Z and Beyonce got one. I can't get their card in my hand. <laughs> hey, Jay, can we get your card, Hove? Like, I'll borrow, I'll give it right back, I if promise. If you got dogs, come to beautiesbiscuits.com. <laughs> I'll send your bitches some biscuits. So, wanna, I'm sorry. I want to get a shirt or a, a sticker that says, I bake for bitches. Because I do. Okay, then do that. <laughs> 
there were whistleblowers involved in this and getting these fucking assholes like taken down. There, um, there were internal whistleblowers because they were like, shit's not right here. So according to the whistleblowers, as of 2018, transactions originating from third-party acquirers accounted for half of their global transaction volumes for Wirecard, okay. reported by Wirecard. Due to Wirecard's singular approach to counting its cash reserves, the cash held in trustee accounts of its third-party acquirers are counted in the balance sheets. In 2019, it was reported that half of Wirecard's worldwide revenue and almost the entire profit were processed through three opaque and poorly audited third-party processors. Opaque and poorly audited. <laughs> Basically, it was like we nobody's fucking doing anything and they're not letting they're not being transparent. Wirecard announced lawsuits against the Singaporean authorities and the Financial Times in response to these allegations. Because the Financial Times is like, we are on your fucking shit. Mm -hmm. We know you guys are doing some fucking shit and we're going to figure it out and we're going to fucking write about it and you can't do shit about it. And they're like, we're going to sue you. This is slander. What are you doing? Mm -hmm. So they had a pattern of unusually aggressive tactics towards anybody who raised questions about their business operations or their accounting. I feel like that's a fraud move, though. Like, any time that you're doing something wrong and people are investigating it and writing about it, then you go on the attack and the defense. And, like, if you've got nothing to hide and you're doing, you know, what what Scientology does. It's the same shit Scientology does. Scientology is a gigantic scam, and we're going to do an episode on them. Okay. That's what they would do. So, yeah. Financial Times would be like, yeah, this is happening, that's happening, this is happening. And they'd be like, no, no, no. You guys are you guys are colluding. You guys are colluding with um with short sellers. And yeah, it was just it's stupid. In 2019, they hired a former head of Libyan Foreign Intelligence. Libyan Foreign Intelligence people. Why? Rami El Obeidi to conduct a sting. Or, I'm sorry, to conduct sting operations against journalists and public short sellers. Because the <sighs> short sellers were like, you guys need to. Short- they need to just short sell this shit because they're not making the money they're saying they're making. Their numbers aren't adding up. Mm-hmm. You guys aren't fucking making the, the amount of money and they're, all their investors aren't fucking, they're getting raped. Yeah. Short sellers, no. Like, they look at the they look at the books, they see when it's wonky, and then they start shorting stock, you mm-hmm. know? El Obeidi, the Libyan foreign intelligence guy, presented evidence that the Financial Times was colluding with short sellers, which the newspaper rejected an investigation, after an investigation, by an external law firm. So they were like, okay, cool. You think we're doing this? Okay, let's let's have these guys come in and make sure we're not doing that. Mm-hmm. They weren't doing that, and so it was rebuffed. But again, they're like, ah, oh, fake news, fake news, fake news. <sighs> and, you know, because when somebody knows what you're fucking doing, you want to say fake news. Fake I hate to break it to you, but it's not fake news. news. Fake news is old news. New regime. Move on. Nobody says fake news anymore. That's okay. what I'm saying. Boffin conducted multiple, which is, you know, like the SEC over there, mm-hmm. conducted multiple, multiple investigations against journalists and short sellers because of the alleged market manipulation. In response to negative media reporting of Wirecard, Boffin lacks the authority to investigate Wirecard's core business or its accounting practices and, in fact, only has the authority over Wirecard's bank business subsidiary. So if it's, they can only investigate banking. They can't investigate wire processing or um, uh, card processing, uh, electronic processing, yeah. things like that. Yeah, payment processing. Thank you. Um, 
as a result, as revealed by KPMG's special audit, Wirecard's longtime auditor, Ernst & Young, failed to verify the existence of cash reserves in what appeared to be fraudulent bank statements. So basically, they fucking created bank statements to say, we got this money that's in these accounts. Mm-hmm. And again, those they banks... They created fake bank statements? Yeah. You guys need to fucking do your job rather than investing your time in fraud and creating fake shit. Exactly. Like, how long does it take to create a bank statement? Like, I don't know. I feel like if I was going to make a fake bank, fake bank statement, it would take me at least, like, two months. Because I really don't fucking do... I don't have time for that. I'm too lazy. And I just don't fucking, like... I'd be like, oh, yeah, um, I'll get that to you. I'll get that to you. I'll get that to you. They'd be like, it's six months later. Where is the bank statement? I'd be like, I don't know. Listen, I <laughs> could make a, a fake bank statement in a day. Mm. Um, Good on you, because I'd be like, I'm not, I don't have time for that. Look at, look at, I have other shit to do. On it, you know the snip clip button on on your computer, you just like. Oh, snip. but that's a picture. Uh huh, that's what they do. They put pictures and they type shit in and they make. I'm not that's trying to too teach, much work. I'm not trying to teach you people how to do some fraud shit, but I'm just saying, if you want to do some fraud shit, that's a different podcast Mm-mm. and we can talk about that later. That's just too much fucking work, though. Like, honestly, I'd be like, you know what? I'm sorry, I lost it. And that would just be it. <laughs> Ma'am, why don't you log into your online account no. and go ahead and get the PDF? I lost the password. It's going to take too much time. I, I really can't. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> call call Joe over in accounting. He'll help you. He'll help you. Here's his number. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I don't have time for that. Um, they failed to verify the existence of this cash because there were fucking fraudulent bank statements. Uh, the special audit also revealed inability to verify the majority of Wirecard profits from 2016 to 2018. During the special audit, Wirecard made misleading statements to investors, resulting in criminal investigation. Ooh, shit. After the complaint was referred to by um, was referred to prosecutors by Boffin. I love that every country has their own like task force for fraud. Like, the UK is the... Money, man. It's all about the money. Serious fraud office. Money. You fucking with, you fucking with people's money. We're going to fucking find out about it. <laughs> say it, say it. You're messing with my bag. <laughs> what? You're fucking with my bag. <laughs> For real. Because, you know, these investors, they, are, they have money, obviously. They fucking... These aren't poor people that invested into this fucking shit. These are people that already have money. And now you're like, they, they can afford to fuck with you because you fucked with them. And they've got nothing better to do and they've got plenty of money and they will fuck you right back. Exactly. So, okay, the role of sell-side analysts. Sell-side analysts were almost universally positive until as late as February 2020. Analysts at Goldman Sachs had a conviction buy rating... Until as late as September 2019. Commerce Bank analysts who were positive on the shares even dubbed Financial Times articles questioning by the company. Basically, okay, so these organizations that were supposed to be, they're supposed to be impartial, Mm -hmm. basically. But they would be like, they were also criticizing the Financial Times reporting on Wirecard because they, they had interests. In these companies, of course, as well. of course. So they were like, "Oh no, no, you can't believe Financial Times. That's a that's garbage. They lie. They don't report right. They're you know they're bad sources. They, yeah. Whatever they could do to try to discredit any of these articles about Wirecard, they would do. Of course. And so and they're called sell side analysts, which means they would analyze these companies for their value, and they would put out numbers. 
well, come to find out that they're fucking complicit in this kind of bullshit and this kind of fucking fraudulent fuckery. Now people are like, okay, well, we don't trust you either now. <laughs> You're on our list, you son of a bitch. Right. They were questioning the company fake news, the, you know, Financial Times fake news. Analysts at Bank of America Merrill Lynch were among the very few skeptics. In 2018, they questioned Wirecard's poor positioning within the German e-commerce payments market and raised concerns related to financial controls. So, okay, Bank of America was like, nah, we don't, we, yeah, we don't fucking see why you guys are doing so fucking poorly. Something's fucking going on over there. Mm. Meanwhile, the other guys are like, oh, no, it's fine. It's fine. Financial Times, no, fuck them. They don't know what they're talking about. <laughs> Stupid. <laughs> so, um, yeah, on June 18th, 2020, the shit hit the fucking fan. Woo, 2020. Um, that was when he got Jan Marsalek. Like, I, I mentioned him earlier. People were probably like, why are you talking about this one guy? He, the the creep that, you know, is involved in the fucking Russian intelligence. The CEO. Fucking, yeah. He got fired with everybody else the next day after the CEO resigned, Marcus Braun. So on June 18th, they all get fired. He tells his colleagues... Everybody there, he's like, I'm going to go to the Philippines and find out where this fucking money is. This $2 billion is missing. I'm going to go find out where it is. I'm going to find out. I'm gonna, yeah, I'm going to find out. Because <laughs> he, wants, he wants everybody to know he's innocent. Because he was fucking, he's, there was three people that were mainly culpable. It was him, fucking Braun, and then another guy. Mm-hmm. Then he goes missing. Oh, shit. He just goes missing. Uh, did he ghost he, the world or did someone ghost him? <laughs> well, he fucking... He his fucking um like somebody forged his passport to say that he was on his way to the fucking Philippines. He was not. He never went to the Philippines, but he said he was going there, and they fucking stamped his passport that he was going there. And he like filed immigration documents saying that he was going to the fucking Philippines. Okay, never made it there. Then from the Philippines, he was supposed to go to China. Never fucking made it there. But all of his fucking documents, his immigration documents, say that he's on his way to China. Nobody fucking knows where he is. Motherfucker pops up in fucking Belarus. Russia. Okay. He has a house across the street from the fucking um, embassy in Russia. Like, big-ass fucking house. Um, The German government is looking for him. Austria is looking for him on charges of fraud and embezzlement. And probably espionage, too, right? He's a fucking fugitive. Mm. No, they're not charging him with espionage. He's a fugitive, and he's wanted by the German police. He's listed on Europol's list of Europe's most wanted fucking fugitives. Mm. Interpol issued a red notice against him. Ooh. They're like, where is this motherfucker? He's in Russia. <laughs> he's living across the street from the fucking... Hello. <laughs> it's crazy. I'm Not like, This is the weirdest story I've ever heard. Like, they know where he is, but Russia's not going to hand him over because he's involved in the Russian intelligence agency. Oh, that's what I'm saying. He has fucking ties to Russian intelligence agencies. They fucking know where he is. They can't get him. He's probably like a double. I mean, like he is. He and then so, okay. there's this thing they were. I was reading this article. He the house that he lives into. It's it's called a fucking um, it's called like an estate or something. I forgot what it's called, but everything is white. He dresses in all white. He fucking, he's really weird. He's like Miami if you want to wear all white all the time. He's, um, he's a weird dude. Like, he's fucking weird. 
He's not married. He, like, is... They're trying to figure out if he's, like, an adventurer who, like, is, like, making up stories about these fucking travels of his. Because, he's again, he's going to places that are in active fucking combat. Yeah. And and he's bragging about it. He's like, we want to start a... We want to start, um, you know, peaceful talks in Libya, and we're trying to do that, you know, among Russia, of course, because he's from Austria, but for some reason he's like up Russia's ass, and they're just like loving it. Get him ass! So <laughs> that is the story of Wirecard and Jan Merzalek. So where does Wirecard Wirecard stand? Wirecard, on? oh, so Wirecard filed for bankruptcy. Okay, they are no longer acting. They're no longer in business in Germany. I don't know what their standing is in the other countries that they were in. But in Singapore, they were like, no, you guys got to get the fuck out. They're like, yeah, get the fuck out of here. You guys, you guys, you can't fucking process shit anymore. So get the fuck out. Mm -hmm. Um, And I'm guessing that's what happened everywhere else, too, because they're not they don't have any business um, activity happening right now. They filed for bankruptcy or whatever the, the equivalent of bankruptcy is in Germany. They are not in business. There is pending, you know, lawsuits and shit going on right now. Mm-hmm. So goody goody and gumdrops. Jan Merzalak is on the run. Okay, but in Russia, no, everybody knows where he is. <laughs> they just can't fucking he's, get his ass. He's on the lamb, not on the run in Russia. He, he, they know where he is. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, we see that motherfucker. We just can't get him. <laughs> <laughs> he's untouchable for some reason. Yeah. So he, yeah, he's basically he's being protected by the Russian um, intelligence agency. Okay, you know, all right, whatever they're called. He got isn't that the KGB? Mm-mm. KGB doesn't exist anymore. Maybe they do. Well, they don't. We're not talking about it here. Shh. Hear it here. All right. This is interesting. I want to follow this up. Um, Brandy, how was your week? Or what's your thumbs up for the week? What's your highlight from the week? Oh, so I interviewed a, um one of person who. We used to live in my city. Her daughter went missing, and she is presumed dead. And her her husband is the person who is the only person of interest. And he disappeared, but he like literally was staying right across the street from the police department, so they weren't looking for him anymore. Just like this fool, like <laughs> yeah. Well, well, the difference is he's not being protected. They just aren't fine. They're not looking for him. Got it. Which is bullshit. Because as a person of interest, the only person of interest in a murder, the murder of your wife, the PD needs to do much better than they're doing. And they haven't been doing good since shit is happening. Trying to contact the only uh, investigator who actually was doing a job. I found him on social media and I messaged him, but I I guess he's like, I washed my hands of this. Later. So thank you, Pontius Pilate. Um... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and oh shout out to for your reference they did a um passion of the christ where pontius Pilate they did an episode on that so go and check that out for your reference podcast um check out our our, our collaboration from last week yeah from also yeah do that do that too do that too because personality tests are bullshit you know i'm get, i'm like making inroads on this fucking book okay. because people it's like difficult to get people to talk to you Especially if they think like, oh my gosh, you know, somebody's going to read what I said. or And I'm like, you're, this is going to help people. Like, just freaking talk to me. Talk to me. <sighs> but such is the life. Um, what's your thumbs up? I 
got an order from a stranger for some Beauty's Biscuits. Yay! Beauty's Biscuits! And getting I, out there. Get it, get it, get it. And um, that's a good thing. I got my biscuit boxes. I only have 250 to sell. So buy some. Only. <laughs> <laughs> Visit beautiesbiscuits.com. Uh, my best friend had her baby shower. And I'm really happy for her. And we got to go on a road trip. She's having a baby. Her first baby. We got to get out of town. We got to have a, a good time. And fun. interact with some people. Yes. Um, I think when this episode comes out, I will be in the process of getting my second dose of the vaccine. Uh, so we'll see how that goes. Okay, hopefully you're, you don't grow some fucking two more legs and start walking like a fucking centaur or something <laughs> give me a fucking horn or a tail i'm okay with any of that <laughs> okay <laughs> no um so i mean that's what's going on but we kind of need to be um aware that just because this is happening in the u.s and we're getting vaccines covid is still active along the planet there's other around countries, the world yes. yeah there's other countries that are really suffering and they don't have access to the vaccine yeah so um we, we're with you in some shape, way, or form, and we know the struggle, and we know that we are lucky. Hashtag blessed. Um, <laughs> hashtag blessed. Hashtag blessed. But other than that, no, dude, like, um, I'm happy we're here. I'm happy we're, we're, we're doing our thing. Um, I think there's only six weeks left of school. Thank God. And then summertime. Oh. I went to the store today. I bought a bunch of alcohol for the class reunion. Oh. So that's coming along. So it's all to the good in this hood. I mean, I think that's it. Hey, guys. I didn't acknowledge you. Thank you guys for being here. This is the end, but thank you for being here. And if you aren't already subscribed, leave a review. Someone left us a great review this past week, so thank you. And um, visit us on uh, bookoflifepodcast.com. You could subscribe to our Patreon and support the podcast, and we'll give you a shout-out and love on um, the podcast. Or you could collaborate with us because our first patrons collaborated with us last week. Yay. So check out that episode with For Your Reference Podcast. And Brandy and I will also be on the live stream for The Cure Friday, May 21st. Yeah. 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern Time. And we would love for you guys to join us. And it's going to be on Twitch. So if you look at our show notes, the link is in there. But, I mean, other than that, that's all I have. Um, also, I forgot to present my sources. My sources for this episode were Financial Times, of course Wikipedia, and a German blog called... You bastard. You bastard! Um, <laughs> what movie was that? It was the same one that I was just quoting right now until you decided to take over my quote. Bellingcott! Mine sounded better. She was like, you bastard! <laughs> um... Yeah. Bellingcott. That's right. Death Becomes Her. You got it. Good no, job. No, not Death Becomes Her. Death Becomes Her was you, bastard. Nope. What are you thinking? She Devil. We're uh, in the car. She gets the pictures of right. his hands right. and his ring on wrong. that butt. I was you bastard. She hits him with it and gets out the car. You're right. You're right. I lose. Brandy wins, <laughs> as always. Thank you guys for joining us. Thank you guys for being here. And lastly, I am Sunny Hepburn. And I'm Brandy Flakes. And this was Book, Book of, of Lies. The podcast. It's Bolt, bitches.
As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.